0: Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Giddy off a successful college and NFL weekend. You know me from FS1. I am joined, as always, by Andrew Lynch. Lynch, it was a good bounce-back weekend for you as well.
1: It's the most wonderful time of the year, J-Mac. I am giddy as well. We both made money this weekend, which is great.
0: And the NBA is back. Back! Yes, we will be recording a special NBA preview to help you gambling on the round ball. We will do that and drop that either later this evening or tomorrow. But right now, today the focus is going to be the NFL, another scintillating weekend in the pigskin. I mean, Lynch, so much fun. Let's get started, shall we? What did you learn? Alright, Lynch, we'll start with what did you learn this weekend in the NFL I'll jump on this first, and I'm just gonna. I've got to hammer this into you guys' head. I wanna drill it in. The NFL is a week to week league. You absolutely have to remember that. You cannot fall for the narratives. Remember last week? Houston. Nice win over Dallas, Lynch. And they come back, they look dreadful against Buffalo. No cover against a big number. Two weeks ago, the Cleveland Browns, that awesome win against the Ravens defense. You know, I was, I came on this podcast last Monday and I talked up the Browns. I said, I like their chance against the Chargers. They get destroyed at home, like destroyed literally, by the Chargers and Phillip Rivers. And of course, listen, I loved the Chicago Bears this week. Coming off the bye, week to week league. The Dolphins had looked bad two weeks in a row. Last week, Lynch, the Miami Dolphins had one drive over 50 yards against the Bengals. Not a great defense. They had six against the Mighty Bears this week. It's a week-to-week league, and I'll follow this up. And we kind of were on this last Monday. The Washington Redskins lose in a bloodbath against the Saints, right? And what happens? They're favored. Hmm, what's that all about? They bounce back with, I believe, a wire-to-wire win Uh, Against the Carolina Panthers. Folks, just remember, it is a week to week league. And uh, Lynch, before I toss it to you, I'll just say this. We saw the Jets and my guy, Sam Darnold, look great against a pretty good Golds defense. Week to week league. Uh, maybe I'm uh, giving a hint as to where we may go later in the show.
1: Smoking like a true Jets fan. No, <laughs> I remember way back in the day when you learned your multiplication tables? Like, how did you learn? You didn't learn them the first time. You didn't learn them the second time over and over and over and over again until it finally sunk in that four times four is 70. 70- no, 16. <laughs> it's the same thing at the NFL. Just keep that at the fore of your mind and guess what? Each week that you're gambling, you're going to learn that lesson. It is a week-to-week league. Uh, What did I learn this week? That Andy Reid might be the only person who can stop this Chiefs offense. Andy Reid... Can't wait to gamble against you in the playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun. Four times the Chiefs are either in the Patriots red zone or just outside of it on the 24-yard line. Had fourth and second, or fourth and two, fourth and four, fourth and three, and they went for the field goal every single time with the worst defense in the NFL, knowing you're going to have to score points against Tom Brady and the Patriots. If Sean McVay is coaching that Chiefs team, if Riverboat Ron from a couple (laughs) years ago is coaching that Chiefs team, Kansas City wins outright. I hate, hate these cowardly fourth down decisions. Right now, anyway, like I said, can't wait to gamble against Andy Reid in the postseason.
0: Before we get to my second point of what did you learn, Lynch, I just got a note here. We've got some breaking NFL news. I don't even know if you're aware of this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have just fired their defensive coordinator, Mike Smith, the former Falcons coach. Uh, Mike Smith, of course, they got shredded again. Tampa, the worst defense in the league. They host Baker Mayfield, and the Browns this Sunday. Lynch, any brief thoughts on the firing of the Bucks defensive coordinator? Hear me
1: coordinator? out. Promote Ryan Fitzpatrick to defensive <laughs> coordinator. He can't do any
0: worse, right? Like, let's just see some Fitz magic on that yes, side of the ball. Yes, yes, I like it. All right, back to what did you learn? My second point on what did I learn this weekend? And this was a team I was iffy on in the preseason. I went back and forth. I'm like, eh, I don't know. This Jacksonville team is nothing, nothing like it was last year, okay? The problem is, just like their quarterback— Blake Bortles is very Jekyll and Hyde. The defense is becoming Jekyll and Hyde, okay? I mean, we're looking at an offense that can't move the football, and then a defense is getting shredded by Dak Prescott. Dak didn't throw for 200 yards, but he ran for over 80 yards. I I will say this, Lynch, and I'm speculating. I don't have a source here on this, but I'm wondering. Two weeks in a row, the Jacksonville defense has seen Blake Bortles go out, cough up the football, move the ball, and then just, you know, vomit all over himself— I do wonder if mentally that defense is like, this is too much of a load to carry. We saw a beaten Jalen Ramsey. Did you see that interview he gave in the locker room? He, like, wasn't answering questions. He looked upset. And my last point on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So last year, they were 10-2 and two when they scored first. They get the lead, ride the running game and defense. But they were 2-5 and five when other teams scored first. Lynch, they're 3-3 three and three this year. Would you believe that in the three games they won, they scored first? And in the three games they lost, they did not. This is a predictable team. They should be getting Leonard Fournette hopefully back this week. I have some concerns about Jacksonville. They're now tied, I believe, for the division lead. It's like a three-team race. I'm not ruling out the Colts. There's a chance Jacksonville misses the playoffs here.
1: Yeah, and I think we saw something in particular in that Jacksonville-Dallas game that I want to get into in a minute. But first, I want you to pay off a debt from this weekend. Oh, no. Uh,
0: let's get ready to rumble. Let's move on to put up or shut up your boy. Once again, one in one, that's three straight weeks gambling against you guys. You know, the rules at this point, hashtag put up or shut up. You pick the game. I get to pick the side. If I lose, I pay you out of my wallet. Just so you know, my wife has cleared me for this. It took a couple weeks for me to admit it to her, but as I was watching Browns Chargers, a game I felt good about at the beginning of last week, forgetting, of course, that it's a week-to-week league, and Mr. at jared 21 who hit me on Instagram... Hey, I took the Browns, you took the Chargers, I will Venmo you. Now, he actually hit me right after the game on Instagram. Hey, uh, here's my Cash App info, and I was like, dang, (laughs) mister F Jared FJarrett21 is on his game. Uh, He also has Venmo, so I will be paying after this show. Mr. AC Nelson, I got payback on you. AC Nelson, 93, beat me last week. This week, I bounced back. I had the... Washington Huskies, Oregon Ducks game. I took the Ducks and the points. They won outright in overtime. So one and one for your boy again. So folks, as always, you've got several days here before we record Thursday. While you're listening to this podcast, look at the top 25 games. Look at the NFL schedule. Pick a game you want to bet against me. You lose nothing. You've just got to give me a five-star review. Give a shout-out to Lynch. Do that on social media and on iTunes, of course. Hashtag put up or shut up, gamble against me, and I'll pay you if I lose. Show me the money. All right, Lynch, moving on to what were you thinking? This is where we kind of mock ourselves for misses. Last week we were, we killed ourselves, obviously. This week uh, we've got some good news, Mr. Lynch. Now I want to start here. I gave this out, guys, as my 1 p.m. special. You will win this bet and it will start you off on the right foot. And that was my body clock special. Seattle, Oakland. You know when when I saw the reports that Seattle was leaving early on Wednesday for London and Oakland and John Gruden, boy, John Gruden's a mess. You, you've been talking about fade John Gruden, Lynch. You nailed it. Oakland left late. They sleptwalk through that entire game. Seattle got the opening kick, or they, their first possession, and they just drove down the field. It was like an eight-minute drive, just wore wore them down, and that was ball game. I mean, they rolled. This was a no-sweat special, was it not, Lynch? So, listen, that was a great win for both of us. That was a layup. You know, it feels good to get that one out of the way. Lynch, let me ask you, though, next up, Jacksonville and Dallas. What were we both thinking?
1: We were thinking that Jacksonville was the better team, which I think is still true. The defense is a little bit banged up after this week, but I mean, the Jaguars are still a top-notch potential Super Bowl contender. What we missed was one specific matchup, and we talked about it a little bit on Thursday. We just didn't see how much it would come to fruition on Sunday. Dallas has the, coming into week six, Dallas had the fifth-ranked rushing defense in the NFL. The Jaguars were without Leonard Fournette. Now, we both like T.J. Yeldon. We yeah. we know he's a very good running back. But on those first few possessions on Sunday, Jacksonville was unable to do anything on the ground. Blake Bortles turned into the bad place version of Blake Bortles that we see far too often. And Dallas was able to to get their drive started with good field position. They kept the ball on the ground. Uh, They kept Dak Prescott from making mistakes. And they were able to win that game decisively. And so there was one very particular matchup. And so that's what I was thinking as I'm watching this game is there was one area that I was really concerned about with with Jacksonville matching up against Dallas. And that's the one area that really defined this game. And that happens. It's something you account for in your gambling process. You want to consider all the different ways that you can get to different outcomes. And if you've considered that, if you've placed a probability on that and you've decided
0: even given that information, I want to make this bet. I think you can be okay with that. Okay, let me push back against what you said, though. You said, you know, you think Jacksonville's still the better team. And at first blush, I would agree with you. I will say this. They didn't get into the red zone once yesterday. That I mean, that's, how does that happen? How do you not get into the red zone once and defensively, Lynch, Cowboys, that offense steamrolled into the red zone five times. They scored touchdowns on four of them. I I don't know if I can agree that Jacksonville's the better team. I think they have glaring issues, and if this Blake Bortles problem persists, there could be a divide in that locker room. And, and I'm just speculating, but I, I don't see this stopping anytime soon. Six turnovers the last two weeks.
1: That's fair. You know, I that's fair. I, where the data lies right now, I do think Jacksonville is still the better team. That said, at the very beginning of the season, I said that I thought Dallas was the most undervalued team in the NFL. So, I we'll see how this plays out. Then you've got a team like the Arizona Cardinals who I, you know, maybe might be undervalued at this point. Yeah.
0: Well, Moving to our next game, Lynch, uh, Arizona at Minnesota Vikings were a 10-point favorite. They won by 10. And for we'll, we'll call that the double push special, but Lynch, a genius hit by you. You had the over 44. Talk me through the fourth quarter as you're watching this 27 to 10 game. Numbers are approaching 44. You know, your thoughts.
1: One of my things with this Vikings team this season has been, I don't know if this Minnesota defense is as good as the reputation based on the numbers. They certainly were against this Arizona team. And I I'd, I'd kind of chalked this up as a loss on the over-under. Uh, when we talked about it last week, it was 43 and a half. Needed that late Arizona touchdown for the, the backdoor cover there. And finally, finally, my Arizona Cardinals got some production out of David Johnson. It, you know, barely, barely covered there. I'm not even going to take credit for that one. I think that is that was a loss in a process sense on my part, right. but we will cash that ticket.
0: Well, I, listen, you know I'm bullish on the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins is an MVP candidate. I will say this. The the awareness in the pocket, eh, I do, sometimes I don't see it. I think he had another fumble. Uh, he had an interception. But this Arizona team, and we will get into them later because – I know, you know, they got to push here. This was a team that was 0 for 10 on third down. That, as, 0 for 10! And real quick, though, to your point about this Vikings offense,
1: this might be one of the more undervalued units in the NFL. I know if you've used that phrase a couple of times in the past few minutes here. Uh, Adam Thielen set the record for most catches in his team's first six games in an NFL
0: season. This is a really interesting Minnesota offense. Certainly agree. And finally, what were you thinking? And this one we could spend an hour on. Okay, the Bears initially were three point favorites. It was bumped up to three and a half, I believe, Saturday. Then the Ryan Tannehill injury news started to emerge. It went up. I saw some juiced sevens. Uh, I believe it ended on six and a half. I loved the Bears all week, and you know, I I, I don't want to be like the guy who's tuning his own horn here because I do miss a lot. I still feel the Bears were the right side here, okay? I felt great going into the game, and I felt even better when Brock Osweiler was named the starter. And I'm going to—Lynch, uh, uh, you could beat me up on this. I don't—that's fine. I think the Bears were the right side when you're up by eight in the fourth quarter. You're knocking on the door at, I believe, the five-yard line, and then Trubisky makes a terrible error, throwing it into the middle of the end zone, picked off— Total game changer. I mean, the the Dolphins storm down the field and score. Bears turn it over again. You know, Trubisky comes down. I mean, it was just Trubisky made two bad plays in the fourth that killed me. He lobbed another one to the middle that should have been picked around the red zone. And then, of course, his coach ran out of faith in him, right, Uh, in overtime because of those fourth quarter throws. And he decided to get conservative. And Nagy, you know— That's what happens, and they end up losing. I mean, you can't settle for a 53-yard field goal. You you just can't do that on the road. I, I still think the Bears were the right side, and this was the wrong result, but... Feel free to disagree.
1: You got to say it right, J-Mac. It's Brock Osweiler. Like you say, Brock Lesnar, the the UFC WWE star. We'll get yes, you there. Yes. Now, I can't kill you for having the Bears here, even at minus six and a half with the, the Tannehill news. Two miserable red zone turnovers by Chicago. Otherwise, you cover here. The Bears are still potentially the number one team in Troy Aikman's efficiency ratings, which they were headed into week six. It's a really good team. Um Weeks like this are going to happen, especially when you've spent all week preparing for one quarterback and then Brock Osweiler comes in. It changes your game plan a little bit. So, again, I'm not too worried about Chicago. The one interesting thing, and we will get to this, is next week, Patriots at the Bears. That's going to
0: be a fun one. See, now, and let me just add, the Bears' defense, so vaunted, absolutely shredded. I mean, Lynch, as I said earlier, the the Dolphins could not move the football – With Tannehill the last two weeks, and now Brock Osweiler just tears the Bears' defense to shreds. Number one, they could not sack Osweiler. Osweiler doesn't move in the pocket. And they couldn't sack him. Now, the Bears offensively were 8-for-12 on third down. That usually gets it done. But you can't give up 3.2 yards per play and the three turnovers. Now, let me say this. Uh, I was going to save it for, and we maybe get to this later. Bears were coming off a bye. So far this season, Lynch, and I haven't heard this anywhere, teams coming off a bye 0-4 against the spread.
1: You know that siren you use for your, your weekly picks on the NFL on Fox stuff? Can I get that for a small sample size alert? Small, here? small,
0: very small sample size, no doubt. But Owen for Bears uh, lost didn't cover, and also this week the Bucks did lost and ne- nearly covered there. Nearly a tremendous finish. We don't have time to talk about that that play. But uh, so there you have it. What were you thinking? I do want to quickly toss in the Money Line specials. And listen, the Money Line section of this podcast, I don't want to say we're taking long shots. What value seems to come into play? Lynch, who did you have on the money line this week?
1: Kansas City against the Patriots plus 155. I mean, it's it's a bad bet in the sense that Kansas City covered. So if I just made that bet, I win money there. Uh, but I, yeah, I felt like Kansas City was basically a coin flip, even on the road against New England. I, you know. The, the Patriots kind of confused Mahomes to start the game, but he rounded back into form. Um, I thought there was significant
0: value there, and obviously the game showed yeah. as such. You nearly had that. I mean, I thought that was a great call. I uh, <coughs> went um, 0 for 2 on the money line specials. Browns never had a chance. And the Denver Broncos, they covered for me, which is nice, similar to your Chiefs getting cover. But uh, I got to be honest, I, I this Vance Joseph situation, he's just not a guy you can trust ever. I mean, you coming into a game, you gotta win. Total no show. They were I mean, they were never really in this game, and then luckily Case Keenum came in the back door late, but uh, this Denver run defense is something I want to fade. Okay? The Jets over 300 yards rushing. Todd Gurley over 200. Let's just say Denver goes to the desert to face a guy who's got to be angry, David Johnson. You said he got started a little bit. We'll be talking about this game shortly. Oh, producer Conrad, I have forgotten about my successful college football weekend. We're not going to dive too in-depth. However... I did go 4-1, and finally snapping a two-week streak of ugliness. And uh, producer Conrad came in, ladies and gentlemen, a beaten down man here on Monday morning on the Fox lot in L.A. And uh, producer Conrad, I just wanted to ask you, because you had a rough weekend. It was not successful for you. And I'm not going too deep here, but he actually said, I think I'm going to take a weekend off gambling. And I looked at Lynch. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to talk about this. First of all, Conrad, uh, what happened to you this weekend?
1: Just not managing my bankroll.
0: Ah, uh, I mean, gambling on any game
1: that I could touch, and it was a situation for me, like I mentioned. I was in Las Vegas before here. I never had the apps, anything like that. Now I have the apps where it's at my disposal all the time. So why not play every single game all the time?
0: Every single game. Lynch, talk some sense into this man.
1: No, I love it. I love it. Listen, You love it. Oh, my gosh. Bankroll management is essential. But there are many, many different ways to gamble, and we talk about this a lot. We're looking at this from an expected value perspective. We're looking at this from, like, how do you gamble the smartest way possible knowing that 58% is really hard, but we're going to try to make money. If you want to gamble just for the sake of gambling, great. I think it's great. Listen, you gamble when you go to the movies. Conrad literally gambles when he goes to the movies because he's <laughs> sitting there watching the previews, pulls his phone out and makes a bet. But you're gambling whether that movie is going to be any good. We gamble with everything. I say it all the time. If you want to gamble on sports, be responsible. Make sure it's not impacting your day-to-day life. Make sure
0: that you know, you're, you're not slipping down that slippery slope, but have fun. Let me quickly add... I do jump into the in-game gambling as well. I noticed so the Sunday afternoon games were not particularly close. They weren't that interesting. and I realized, wow, I don't have a lot of money on these games. so I jumped in on the Cowboys and hit that and I missed on the under in Broncos Rams. I mean, I'm talking about second quarter. you know, my day is mostly done, but I'm watching, I'm writing, taking notes and I decided to jump in on some in-game gambling. With college football, that can be dicey, Conrad. Like, college football players, I don't know that they are as locked in as as, say, the NFL players who are playing, you know, for job spots and putting food on the table. So what lesson did you learn this weekend?
1: I learned that it's not possible to play every single game and to win every single game. I'm not kidding around, guys. I probably had money on about 20 to 25 games this weekend, and I would say the five or six that I picked beforehand, like I said, managing bankroll, those turned out fine. I was in about 60%. The rest of them, probably about 20%, 15%.
0: Made for a very, very lonely Saturday night. Oh, jeez. All right, well, there's always Tinder if that uh, doesn't work out for you. All right, I'll call the two grand on the gamble. Don't splash the pot. We're going to look at the lines for week seven in the NFL. I think let's get started with what could be a Super Bowl preview, Lynch, and that's no hyperbole. The New Orleans Saints off a bye. I just gave you that number. 0-4. is the league so far off the by? The New Orleans Saints travel to the Baltimore Ravens, who are back hot again after the debacle in Cleveland. They came up big in Tennessee, just dominated, soup to nuts. I mean, that was a whitewashing. 11 sacks of Marcus Mariota. He only had 10 completions. Saints-Ravens, contrasting styles here, Lynch. What jumps out at you?
1: Your uh, your diction so far today, J-Mac, <laughs> between scintillating and whitewashing, you are on it. Now, this is, a, this is an incredible number to me. Um, DVOA coming into week 6 And Football Outsider doesn't release the new DVOA Until after the Monday night game So we don't have necessarily a sense of where these two teams are after week 6 But coming into week 6 New Orleans and Baltimore were essentially neck and neck And they're doing it in two very different ways as you would expect Right, The Saints have that ridiculous offense led by Drew Brees The Ravens, as they historically have done Are crushing teams on defense What's fascinating to me about this game is is that it's we've got this two and a half point spread, which is essentially the value of home field advantage for the Ravens against the Saints here. And then we have this classic offense versus defense matchup. And I don't have a good sense yet of which side is winning out against the spread through six weeks in the NFL. What I do know is that we are on pace to have the most points scored per game on average in NFL history. Mm. We're a tick over 24 points per game her team right now that is a ton of scoring we've talked a little bit about how the rule set and all these roughing the passer calls might impact your betting strategy it does feel like that's normalized a little bit I'm really interested to see if this line moves but right now I think I lean Saints I think I lean offense in
0: 2018 that's interesting now the look ahead line last week this was a pick 'em. But we saw the Ravens go out, absolutely demolish Tennessee. What jumps out here to me, Lynch, is this is the Saints' second game outdoors. Now, obviously, you're going to want to check the weather report. It does get a little colder in the Northeast in, uh, I guess, we'll call this late October here. Last time they went outdoors in New York, did not score in the first quarter. The Giants led 7-0, then a bunch of field goals. They ended up pulling away late. Uh, that was against a really bad Giants defense. Now you're facing the far and away number one defense opponent's yards per play. Baltimore, number one, 4.4. 4. I don't know if New Orleans is going to have as much success through the air. I would lean Ravens here. But what is Vegas telling you when you see the 2.5 instead of 3? Because a lot of the professionals like to bet numbers, not teams. They bet numbers numbers. This should be three. Why isn't it three? That's a really
1: good question and a really good way of looking at lines like this. To me, that says that they would rather you have the money on the Ravens than Mm. on the Saints, probably because New Orleans is a slightly more public team. And if Vegas truly believes this is a coin flip, You probably want to encourage a little more betting on the Ravens, the less public team. But that's slightly informed speculation on my part.
0: And that's smart. That's what we want to do. A lot of listeners out there are going to be like, oh, wait, the Saints only getting two and a half. I'll take it. But make sure you keep an eye on the Lattimore situation. I believe he suffered a concussion in their last game. Uh, He obviously would be huge. Uh, Michael Crabtree had a good game. Uh, They got the John Brown as a good uh, wide receiver. I do want to add, Breeze and Sean Payton, 8-1 against the spread off a bye historically. Now, obviously, you want to dig into the numbers, see if those are all at home, if they're playing inferior teams. This is their first game in October outdoors. Keep an eye on that one. All right, next up, Lynch, can we dive into Denver at Arizona? I know that's a crap game. It's going to be a corner TV game. It's not the focus. I just feel like Arizona at home is a much better team than people realize. I know it didn't appear to be that way in the opener uh, when they got smoked by the Redskins. But Sam Bradford was starting that. At home, they covered against the Mighty Bears, right? Then they had to go—they uh, they had Seattle come to town. They got a push. And now you have what I think is a bad Denver Broncos team uh, coming into the desert. And I I, I just have a feeling—is I be, is this the Thursday night game? Yes, I believe sir. this is the Thursday night game. I don't usually pick Thursday night games in the Super Contest, but for me, I feel like this is Arizona or nothing. Yeah, this, I,
1: I don't disagree with you strongly enough to try to dissuade you. Um, as a Cardinals fan, I'm a little snake-bitten at this point. But I do think Arizona is probably the better team here. We've talked on Thursday about you know going away from Vance Joseph and, and this Broncos team. I, and you made a really good point that I want to just double down on really quickly. This isn't a great NFL game but it's a good spot. Mm. And it's it, we've talked about this. We've kind of danced around it, actually. It's really easy to lock in on the, the sexy NFL games. And, man, I'm going to be watching this game anyway. I want to get some action in. If you're looking to create real value, take a look at some of those not-so-sexy matchups and see where the, the value is there. So that's a really good point on this Broncos-Cardinals game.
0: And, Lynch, uh, the word you used there, spot. I think it's almost undervalued. What I did this week, this sounds so nerdy. I made a chart of the games I looked at, and then I had, at the top, I had spot. Is this a good spot or bad spot? And then I had the number, and then I had some of your stats, DVOA, and yards per play. And, you know, listen, Chicago was not a good spot. Miami had looked bad two weeks in a row. This brings me to our next game And, folks, uh, just be careful with this game. The Tennessee Titans are going to London off a bad, bad, bad loss to face the mighty Chargers, who are going to get gassed up all week. Now, Lynch, the look-ahead line here was Chargers by three. It is now at six and a half. Now, before we dive in too deep, I gave out the body clock special, Faden Gruden, I don't know what Tennessee's plan is for leaving for London, but I will say this about the Chargers. They are staying in Cleveland. They are not flying back after that win yesterday. They are going straight to London. Now, I don't know what day they're going to London, but it is the early kickoff. I think it's 6.30 Pacific. Um, So the Chargers are not flying back to the West Coast and then going to London. That's a team that looks like it's ready or is going to be prepared for London. So taking all that into account, we know the public's going to be all over the Chargers here, right? Do you think when you factor in the spot, Tennessee could be a team you look at this week? Nope. <laughs> come on, man. Um, scared money don't make money. Link. I'm not scared because I got all my
1: money on Phillip Rivers and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Listen, this line is opened at minus seven. It's come down to minus six and a half right now. Once we go to break, I'm going to be pulling out my phone and making a wager there. I love the Chargers in foggy London. Yeah, I, at minus six and a half, give me L.A. all okay. day long.
0: Now, let me push back. Before, listen, you can I, try. Know, I know the Titans have basically played eight awful quarters of football. I mean, they were bad against Buffalo. Although, but we were talking about this before the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that Buffalo defense is officially no joke, Right. They are tied for second in yards per play allowed, 4.9. They have faced the Vikings and MVP candidate Kirk Cousins, okay? They faced Phillip Rivers, and they shut him down in the second half. You could argue the Chargers kind of took their foot off the gas here. But, uh, again, to get back to the Titans, 10 straight quarters looking like a hot mess. However, who are the real Titans? Are they the team that went after the Eagles and made that stirring comeback in the second half and in overtime? Or are they the team that has served up a poo-poo platter for the last eight, uh, eight quarters?
1: They're the team averaging 4.6 yards per play on offense, which would be third worst in the NFL ahead of only the Arizona
0: Cardinals and Buffalo Bills. So uh, under no circumstances are you even looking at the Titans?
1: I mean, if my life were under threat and I had to bet <laughs> on the Tennessee
0: Titans to save my well-being, I still wouldn't. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get, we, I think we're going to get back to this Thursday, but the final game we want to look at is Patriots-Bears. Now, the Patriots are favored by three. When you look at the spot, the Patriots are coming off a primetime game where they won, and they led the Chiefs for most of that game. But I think if you look at that defense, I mean, they got shredded by Pat Mahomes. Uh, The Chiefs moved the ball up and down the field. Obviously, the Bears don't have a quarterback of Pat Mahomes' caliber. However... Chicago, we know, is always going to be very good at home. The last time they faced a team with no defense, the Tampa Bay Bucks, they hung 48 on them. I think I will be looking at the Bears here getting three against Tom Brady. When you look at the spot, the number, and the other thing I want to say is Chicago's a very good home team. This is a strong team at home. I, I, I'm not going to overreact to the bad loss in Miami, but this is a team that handily beat the Seahawks. Well, I mean, maybe handily is strong. They did have the pick six late to seal it. Um, and, and they throttled the Bucks. obviously a big step up in class. Patriots favored by three in Chicago. Lynch, anything you want to uh, offer on that? Let me
1: ask you a question. Did the Monday night game against the Chiefs materially impact the way that you evaluate the Patriots? That is... Would anything that happened on Monday night have changed this line in your internal book? No. Then there's value in Chicago, I think, because this opened at two and a half. We saw it at three this morning and at a lot of books, it's up to Chicago plus three and a half now. So it, it seems like there's a been about a point of movement based on betting action and based on the way that the Patriots played last night, Monday night or Sunday night. Excuse me. I keep saying Monday night, Sunday night. All the days are blending together for me. Um so I think that's really interesting that this has gone from two and a half to three and a half overnight based off that Patriots
0: Chiefs game. So would now would you look at the Bears?
1: I would. I'm no. I don't <laughs> think so. I think that Bill Belichick, as much as I've said on previous podcasts that perhaps he's not the best coach in the NFL right now, still elite. I think he's gonna. Come up with a couple of different schemes that are going to confuse poor Mitch Trubisky here.
0: Okay, so those are just a couple of the lines that jump out at us for Week 7 in the NFL. Now, are you ready for some football? And finally, Lynch, we're going to wrap up the podcast talking about the Monday night football game. It is, how shall I say, not a glamorous matchup. The 49ers, no Jimmy G, make their third trip to the Midwest this season to face a Green Bay Packers team coming off another bad loss. Although, if you listen to last Monday's podcast, and if you missed it, go back. I believe the Packers played really well against the Lions. It was just some turnover luck. So that's why, when I look at 49ers at Packers, I know the injury report matters a lot to people, and the line is inflated because it's a lot of chasing from the public on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But for me, this is Packers or nothing. And if I can get nine 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 and a half... I'm taking the Packers' favored by nine and a half here.
1: Yeah, we we won Thursday, or I guess I won Thursday yes. night, uh, Eagles versus the Giants yes. in the trenches, and we're going to win Monday night in the trenches as well. The Niners are allowing the fifth most pressure uh, when, the, when their quarterback drops backs to pass this season, and the Packers are one of six teams pressuring the quarterback on more than half of their dropbacks. This is going to be a defensive line versus offensive line matchup, and I think, to your point, the Packers are still a very good process team. They're 13th in yards per play on offense. They're 5th in yards per play on defense. The results haven't gone their way, but this Green Bay team is better than their scoring margin indicates.
0: And they have Aaron Rodgers, who's a guy... Listen, if you want to fade Aaron Rodgers in primetime, good luck. If, I mean, listen, you, you got a little lucky last night fading Tom Brady in primetime, but there was a hook there. This is 9.5. I think you're actually getting... Now, if it was 10... Do you walk away? We saw what happened with the Vikings. At 9.5, I'm more than willing to say, give me Aaron Rodgers. I don't know that I would do a full unit. And we haven't gone in depth on units, Lynch. But let's just say your unit, the average game, 100, 100 bucks a game. I would go a half unit here, just an action play because it's Monday. And it's not a great game. You know, I, I might watch a quarter or two. Um, I mean, if it's close in the fourth, I'll obviously be at a TV, but I don't think this is like you've got to be there for kickoff. I would go a half unit on the Packers.
1: One real quick point before we get out of here. That is true. From a pure entertainment perspective, this might not be the greatest game. But no, as a gambler, there's always information to be had by watching the game. So that's the one consideration for me is if I'm looking to gamble from week in and week out, I've got to keep eyes on games that I
0: might not necessarily want to watch otherwise. That's a great point. So ladies and gentlemen, to wrap up the show, we covered it all. Put up or shut up. We humbled ourselves a little bit. Struggles on the money line, but overall a productive weekend. Hopefully we helped you get to the window and have a profitable week. For producer Conrad, for Andrew Lynch, we will be back on Thursday to talk about obviously Thursday Night Football, put up or shut up, and picking games For the weekend, we will talk to you then.